What are we talking about today, John? Actually, it's so, the same day. Let's not let's not pretend it's yeah. a different day. It's got the same T-shirt on, John. Same day. And like the continuity I wrote in episode two, where I'm wearing a different shirt, gave up and went home. <laughs> we did. I needed to go swimming. Yeah. Hello, everyone. We're back. In the last episode, we were talking about our favourite sessions that we've been involved with. Episode before, we were talking about obviously leading up to Leaders Vale or coming up to like where we are now. What I suppose we want to talk about now is where we are at, at the moment. So most logical place for me, I think, would be to talk about the flip-flop records. Okay. How did that come about? Well, I've always had a passion for helping unsigned artists, developing grassroots music, helping artists get their records out there, however that may be, you know, offering deals. I offer payment packages, interest-free payment plans for bands to pay me off over time. They know they've got festivals booked in next year. Then I just any way we can make that record as good as we can and help that band to get it out there. You know, mentoring them, answering their questions, doing all these things. And I've always had kind of small independent labels, basically labels just to enable um, someone to do the admin work for the band to get the records out there. I mean, it's easier than ever now, but, you know, back in the day, it wasn't so easy. So getting distribution, we'd use people like Gene Pool and stuff for the label because when we used to do a lot of physical copies and we had Can Records, we had Leaders Music Group working with Sushi Roll PR basically to help people release. And then I hadn't had a little record for a while, but still helping artists release and I'm talking artists through that process, helping them get deals in place, publishing in place, do all these things and kind of project manage things for them. Now I'm kind of um, involved in session recall and the production things kind of taking, no, it's not taking a backseat. I'm still doing lots of production, but because I'm based a lot more in Spain, I can't do all my production work in the UK and we've got too many studios now, John. Keeps, we keep adding. We weren't supposed to have any now. We've got too many. <laughs> so we have our own studios and it was like, why don't we have a proper label do it with some funding, doing it a bit more on a bigger scale. The book coming out, which we can talk about as well afterwards, because this is part of future plans, and which is called yeah. From Britpop to Flip Flop. And from that, just talking with my old mate, Scott from Kit and Pyramid, he said, oh, your label should be called Flip Flop Records. It makes sense, you know. So Flip Flop Records was born. When I was working with Kit and Pyramid at the time, and as I have done for many years, and I thought, you know, I love this band and especially Scott so much that I'd love to be involved and sign them. But the first signing to Flip Flop, so Kit and Pyramid became the first band assigned to the label. There's others that are currently in the process. There's others that we're developing, we're working with. And it was to do a more established label with proper distribution in place and publishing in place. So... That's what that's what we're doing, and um, not just. I mean, it's going to find new talent and stuff, but also working with some established artists as well, hoping to get them on the label. But also, obviously, I have a massive uh, connection with the '90s and that whole Britpop period. So I'm currently been speaking to bands from that period that I work with, and I'm looking at having flip flop '90s, which is bands from Britpop era, mostly bands that I worked with who no longer have deals, and getting them signed to the label, and that kind of being an arm of the label, which is that kind of 90s nostalgia and all those bands, those great bands that I was working with back then and were involved to getting them on the label and then having new music put out as well, but also signing a few catalogue things and kind of established artists as well. But mainly it's to enable all these up-and-coming unsigned artists signing bands that I worked with through the 90s, not only bands I worked with, but a lot of bands, you know, talking to a lot of bands I was involved with about getting them on the label. They no longer have deals. They've been self-releasing, getting them and having a completely separate arm on the label, which would be really cool, I think, which would be 90s nostalgia, part of Britpop. Then there'll be the established artists with the back catalogues. And then the new, exciting new artists, exciting artists, not just artists I work with, anyone can come on the label. 
but it's a great opportunity for bands that I am working with who I get to see firsthand working with in the studio and going, this is, these are great musicians, they've got great songs, and taking them on, developing them, and getting them eventually getting them on the, on the label. You know, we're in talks with some great new bands at the moment, um, Jamaica and Germany and Ireland, and kind of putting projects together with them, and we're all working, they're all coming out on flip-flops. So having a bit more structured label with publishing and with proper distribution in place so that's all still in the process of being set up but because we wanted to get the kit and pyramid record out there they're kind of ready to go they're kind of the first out um artist we signed and the first one ready to go yeah because they've um was it they just got um track of the week yeah not just they by the time this comes out it will be about a month or so ago yeah so yeah first tracks are classic rock on the pole there so that you know one of the very first singles we ever put out has been track of the week it's great you know and their tracks are doing really well and i think koozie which we put out has just hit fifty thousand streams i mean that video is great as well i think that got a, like a million views or something <laughs> you know so yeah and working with scott was great so when that opportunity came up to sign them i was like yeah brilliant because I just love working with him and he's great great to yeah. work with and great to have on the label fit flop will grow now as i say as we develop that 90s nostalgia kind of arm to it hopefully get the deals over the line with these new bands that we're looking at then um, flip flop will be born and will continue to grow so that obviously then the, the next arm then is obviously like i suppose session recall um obviously so session recall the reason it came about is really from conversations from the two of us really we talked about this idea for a while haven't we it's years almost like talking about yeah having this um, platform because because we've yeah. been doing what we plan to do with session recall we've been doing for bands for years and years you know we have been developing them we have been giving them advice we have been frustrated by the bands turning up to the studio with the same issues and underprepared and not, not having not done this or not knowing what to do or answering email after email yeah. after email before they get to the studio should we do this should we do that that becoming you putting together a plan for them and then in the end yeah. same with the label thinking right well we're, we're doing this anyway should we have something more structured and a place where these artists can go and find out all these things we're doing it anyway we're mentoring we're talking them through we're A&Ring we're developing we're doing all these things so why isn't there yeah. a label and a platform that we have that has all this information and we might as well be doing it on a bigger scale more official on an actual platform because we're doing it day in day out and we have done for years and we've talked about it and now is the time for doing john it's the time for doing session recall no. for doing flip-flop records for finishing the book yeah. and finally getting out there but you've had the same thing in your career that's that we're doing in session recall haven't you well it was yeah, it's something that I think from keep. I suppose like from my position, I was like obviously when I was in bands, I was always doing the videos. I was always doing extra bits and pieces around it. And one of the things that I remember, like one of the bands, I, I was in Guildford at ACM. This is around about two thousand five, two thousand seven, mm. and we were doing YouTube videos at the time. From those videos, we ended up getting like um, a show, invited to a showcase with Sony Records in Camden. We didn't know anyone there, and all of a sudden, people start coming up and talking to us, and you realise, like, shit, that's all people from like Columbia Records, or, like this is um, Arista and stuff. And it's like, oh my god! But then just realising, like, I was doing stuff at the time, and it was like, this would be useful for other people. So when I end up setting the studio up on my own, I was going to write, here's here's what you kind of need to do: think about getting like the unsigned guide, look at doing this, look at doing gig swaps, and like everything that kind of worked for my band. I think it was like, well, this is what would be useful for you guys. And then looking, well, 
from being in the studio, you think, well, this is how like Thunder do it. This is what Burning Crows did really mm. well. And like thinking, well, we need to do campaigns, like, you know, think about how are we going to raise the money? What happens after the recording yeah. stuff as well? One of the biggest issues, I think, is like, okay, all the focus goes on to recording. It's like, that's great. What happens now? Yeah. yeah, there's no focus. There's no focus on what they do afterwards and the budget for what comes afterwards. And it's like, we're going to make this record. We've all made a great record. And, uh, you know, everybody has a big part at the end of the session. And then it's like, right, what do we do now, John? What do we do now, Nick? And it's yeah. like, we're, we're busy. We're busy. We're busy, you know, and obviously, yeah. if we that if we have to hold hands with everybody we work with uh, that's unsigned through that, but we do, and we take the time and do as much as we can. Yeah. But yeah, there should you know to have that all that information in one place because we see it time yeah. and time again, and trying to get through to the bands that a lot of emphasis should be put on that part of the process. Don't just see it as making a record. Recording. And um, actually putting a structure in place for them, talking through that with them, mentoring them, have a structure, have a business plan, 18-month business plan. This is what's going to happen. This is how you should do it. And then through the program, then being able to um, see that through and implement that and learn how to implement it to most a co a cost-effective way and um, time management as well. Hopefully yeah. that leads into more success for the bands, bigger gigs, more sales, more streams, whatever. They don't have to sit there, oh, we should be doing this, we should be doing that, because we can be on them as part of the program. Have we done this? This is your next step. This is what you've got to do. Yeah. This is what, you know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to get all that knowledge across, but also a great opportunity for all these artists and whether it's hobbyists, bedroom producers, what do they do? What, what do they need to do for publishing? How do they sell their music? I was going through it yesterday a conversation i had to put emails together in very basic terms for these couple of guys who are a bit older don't know what to do they've made this fantastic record actually and what do we do so having to put all the bullet points of yeah. even how to create a post on social media and it's like this should just be there available i know they can find it but they don't want to traipse through google for hours who's the best advice to listen to they trust us they want to listen to what we're doing and this is probably actually a really good point because what we've done is we made a pdf free download if you go to sessionrecall.com forward slash band checklist that's basically like a starting PDF just to fill out and go, right, These are the, this is the information we need. This is the information that will help you to start off. Um, so going like, what what's your accounts? Where Have you got everything? Have you got your social media accounts set up? Have you got a schedule for recording or like production? Have you got roles within the band? Yeah. So that's something that some people don't yeah. even think about. And, Contracts within um, the band, think, roles. Yeah. yeah. Agreements. Are PRS, so PPL, MCPS, yeah. getting all that registered before we you go down that road you know just getting it done and it's daunting mm. it's daunting if you've never done it and you're not sure and you're not confident with all that kind of side of things or you just don't want to you want to just yeah. be able to create and make music and don't want to think about that but you haven't got a label you haven't got management so you've got two choices then someone in the band has to take on that role or you find someone yeah. to do it and that's where we can come in again because we work with lots of teams of people who do that for a living and we can put you together yeah. with the right people for your campaigns to do all that, to take it over for you. And obviously, if you end up on some of the top packages on the on Session Week, or you get all that included anyway. So, but yeah, great opportunity. Yeah. And we'll work nicely in conjunction with, with Flip Flop Records as well. You know, a lot of the artists on there are, are already waiting to sign up to the program. Um, that's going to give great opportunity to kind of work with us and um, us to mentor them properly and kind of get involved in all the amazing things that will be happening in Session Recall, which we'll talk about. You can sign up to be part of the community, but there'll also be tiered packages that you can come on to as well. I mean, and that's stuff we've done for years, isn't it, John? The way, basically what Session Recall is all about yeah. is stuff that we've already been doing throughout our careers for years. Yeah, it's been in the studio with something we've been planning, not like... I thought about for like maybe two three years now we had like the idea about it and it's always been having bands coming in like thinking about, okay 
the the whole focus has been so much on recording, which is obviously understandable because we work in studios. It's like, what happens next? Or you go to some, have you got, video, you know, like, have you got your, your promo photo stuff? Have you been taking footage while you've been in the studio? And they're like, oh no, no, I haven't done that. Yeah. Or like, they, they do the release and they just chuck everything out in one go. And it's like, Not well, what do you do now? Yeah. That's Been able to gone. put them together a structured business plan over the next eighteen months. I think. I think what what we've noticed is, um, and where it'll come in as a massive help for us working with the artists and for the artists is the bit before the studio, getting those songs right, help with the songwriting, the preparation that they can do to maximise their time in the studio and their budget, get the most out of those two things. All yeah. those things, that'll be a massive help for them. The songwriting as well. So the songs are in a much better shape. We have to do a lot less on them in the studio. So help with all of that. What can they do before they get to the studio? What happens during the, pro- the recording process? But then, yeah, the big thing is we've made this great product together. We've had a great time in the studio. We've taught, you know, showed you how to get to that point. Now it's what do you do to make your music go up to the next level and to be able to continue to make records and keep making music. And we're talking so many yeah. artists through that, all the artists we're working that are unsigned that we're working with. We're already t- doing that and you spend so much time doing it. And because we want to, because I love grassroots music. Yeah. I love developing yeah. artists. I love seeing them get successful. love seeing like, you know, you, you get really proud when you see them play live. Or like, I remember um, there's been a couple of times where you watch bands, like you do their demos and stuff and they get signed or you see them at a festival, you think banging slammed it it's like nailed yeah. it absolutely like, you mentioned i don't know if we got it or not but like you said about sometimes it's really hard to find out well what's information's right well you know where do we go to find this information there's so many conflicting stories and one of the benefits i think we've got is that we've seen it when yeah. it's worked not just us more. we've got amazing mentors on the program from all areas of the music business that they've got you know chance to kind of speak with and learn from as well so yeah it's going to be really good but uh, yeah, we can go over those um, packages when we release our uh, session recall. What is it podcast, John? So you've already mentioned um, when we talk about the label, you had like the book. Um, we talked a little bit about the book from Brit Prop to, to Flip say. Flop. How did you end up? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, from Brit Pop to Flip Flop. <laughs> so how did that come about? From Brit Pop to Flip. Well, I've always had a love. Or flip flops. <laughs> no, I've always had a love of Spain. Um, well, I have always loved flip flops. Um, I mean, who doesn't? So I've always had a love of Spain. I mean, been coming here since I was a kid. My parents used to bring me on holiday to Spain. I've always wanted to live in Spain. I always wanted to experience that. Here I am now. This is my studio at my house in Spain. Over there's all my amps and outboard and drums and everything. And um, yeah, so this is where I do a lot of the editing and mixing now to come to Spain to do all that bit of sunshine we've got the pool outside it's all great and it's you know love being here and we've got uh, we've actually got another studio we've got La Hacienda which is the residential studio that we can use in Spain that's just up the road from our house so um yeah we've got too many studios as I said before John too many studios now so yeah we love being in Spain I've always loved it and while I'm in Spain I'm always in my flip-flops and so that's just been coming here years and they kind of ended up in my flip-flops all the time and from from Britpop to flip-flop is basically I started my career with like Stone Roses, bands like that, then on to Oasis. And that whole Britpop thing really catapulted my career and was the start of my career. And that's when I really came into music. I couldn't have come in at a better time for me, you know, with those bands starting in a studio like Rockfield, which became the home of Britpop, you know, number one after number one after number one record in the charts all through the 90s, being a part of that. So I started, that's when I started. So I came from Britpop. You know, the ultimate goal was to end up with a place in Spain, a studio in Spain or living in Spain, spending time in Spain. Um, love the food, love the culture, love the people. So the flip-flops is basically 
me in Spain. So it's from Britpop to Flip Flop. So it's from that period right through to now where I spend most of my time in Spain in my flip flops. And I'm I'm pretty much in flip flops the whole time in the studio as well, even through the winter, walking down the muddy paths of Rockfield with squelchy mud in between my toes because I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't bring myself to put proper shoes on and uh, still in my flip flops. So that's, um, so when I was researching titles for the book and obviously there were certain stories that have a kind of ring to it, I thought about, no, this... This is covering my whole career, the 30 years from then up to the present day. And it is literally from the Britpop period up to today where we've now got two studios in Spain. We're spending a lot of our time here doing productions and mixing and editing. And so it's that whole journey of how I started as a young boy um, in Rockfield in the Britpop era to today having, yeah, to the two studios in Spain and that being my, and spending my life in flip-flops. Is there anything in the book that people aren't going to expect? Yes. Yes. Well, I think they're going to, yeah, there's going to, they'll be surprised when I kind of probably, like I'm not, I'm not really, I am dishing dirt, of course, but no, I'm not really. I'm not really, you know, there's, it's, it's a nice mix of kind of fly on the wall kind of stories of recording sessions, crazy stories. Obviously there's the tabloid element to it because some of the stories involve bands like Oasis and, you know, tabloid kind of people lap up those stories so it's, it's and it's just because that part of um, my career and where we were and who we were with so a lot of those stories are kind of not just of interest to fans of the band and st- also to everyone in general it's like did that really happen i can't believe that went on and then there's technical stuff and how albums are made and kind of an insight into certain artists and things like that and nice stories about people so it's not always a shock horror you know trying to shock people with the stories it's just things that actually happened to me and i was actually there a lot of it when you're writing it you're like can't believe man you were just people just wouldn't believe that actually happened and it's crazy when i look back at it i think holy shit and like I got to 40 and my daughter said, and she was only well, about uh, six at the time, said, oh, dad, now that you're getting old, you better write these stories down because you'll forget them. That was how it started. I thought, well, maybe, maybe she, you know, obviously I'm not that old, I'm bloody 40. But I started thinking, well, I'm telling these stories to bands all the time. They always question me what happened. What was this like? What was Liam like? What happened then? How did that band do that? Did they record live? What happened when you was with Springsteen in New York? All these things. And they only know those basic stories they don't know the stuff around the edges and the kind of real stuff that actually went on involving a lot of those stories so i'm talking about a lot of that stuff and it's been a kind of a five-year process now of putting those stories together a lot of research getting the dates right the people right um the places right kind of a lot of research into each story and deciding which ones to put in because they all can't go in there's too many of them and there's certain ones that can't go in for certain reasons, legal reasons. Like I'm not going to be breaking up any families. Um, there might be a few people worried about that, but no, I'm not going to be doing that. But it's it's an interesting insight. And also it was something, it started out as like a diary basically for me to leave my kids. My kids were always asking me about it. And I was like, if something happened to me or whatever, or if when I do get too old to remember these things, then I won't be able to tell them to my kids. So having it there for them when they're older, obviously, they can't read it now at their ages. For them to be able to read and go, oh, that's what my dad got up to for 30 years. Oh, right, okay. My dad involved in that, you know. Um, and there's stuff for all, all, you know, there's not just Oasis, there's like Michael Jackson stories in there, Ed Sheeran stories in there. And then like Ken, Ken the dog, little Kenny Dog Leash, the legendary uh, um, icon that's our... Um, our mascot at Leaders yeah. Rail Studios there. Hello. He's got a whole chapter because I don't think people, well, a lot of people do realise what a legend Ken was and 
And we call him the bastard. How many dogs do you know that has um, producer credits Not many. on Thunder oh, albums? None on Thunder albums apart from Ken. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, he can, you know, the, the only dog that can get his own dressing room at a Bruce Springsteen concert, you know. So it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and and his stories are legendary. Yeah, he gets a chapter. So it's quite lighthearted, very funny in places. Um, and also, you know, very informative as well. People are interested in how certain records were made, certain dynamics within a band at certain points. And obviously a lot of the artists are really big artists, but there's loads of stories from bands that people won't ever have heard of. They're personal to me and it's a collection of my stories, but they're still crazy stories. And people think, holy shit, that was going on in that studio at that time. And obviously I've traveled a lot. I was in bands as well. So there's stories about careers and um, stuff that went on there. There's tragedy in there as well. There's some really sad, sad moments to the book as well. But it's just a basic snapshot of my 30 years in the business. Yeah, so I don't forget it. Yeah. So yeah, busy time, John. So I'll have the book, obviously the book coming out, session recall launching, the labels launching. So yeah, lots, lots going on, lots to be getting stuck into, to be promoting. And got, also, don't forget, as you are, we're still producing lots of great albums, got lots in the diary coming up for the end of the year and into next year as well. So yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to have a podcast talking about some of the up and coming bands that we have been working with that we think are going to be big next year. We'll do a little podcast on them and we'll maybe have a couple of them on with us to talk about what it's like working with Brino and John and what kind of help they've got and how it's yeah. progressing for them. Look out for that podcast in the yeah. near future. Some of the early subscribers, the early birds are in there. We'll get them on as well, talking about it. So you'll get to learn a whole lot more about what Session Recall is. Keep you updated, obviously, on when the book's coming out and the label. So if you want to find out more information, head over to sessionrecall.com. Go, Chard. <laughs> so head over to sessionrecall.com. That's a, what? It's from Britpop. For, for those who don't know, this is an now. SNJ production, by the way. <laughs> we, can't, we can't reveal what SNJ's production is. Can we? <laughs> I just forgot about that. <laughs> No, we can't include. <laughs> no, not if we want to be cancelled. <laughs> right, go, go, John. Wrap it up. Right. Or have we wrapped so, it up already? We've wrapped it up. There's no need to wrap it up. It's wrapped know. up. Let's just leave it see as a car. Later. Let's just leave it as a car crash. Leave all of this in and just see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to find out more, sessionrecall.com. There'll be a sign up sheet, uh, be a sign up form for you to register interest, and there's a free guide to download at sessionrecall.com forward slash band checklist. And that just, as I said earlier on, is just to give a bit of information about where to start from there. Until next time, we'll see you all again on the next. See podcast. you later. Nice guys.